So, Acts chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 16. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when the masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded, that is, tore off the clothes of Paul and Silas, not their own clothes, because it could be read that way. Tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. At least that's how I understand it anyway. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, or as it says in other versions, were praising God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, Suppose the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. Or, says, do yourself no harm. See, I get so used to reading my own version. When they read a different one, I read it like it was my old one. Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of God to him and to all who were in the house. 
and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. So there's this girlie who had a devil in her and was following the apostles, particularly Paul and Silas. Of course, Luke was there as well, because Luke is the one who's recording this. And she kept saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God. They show us the way of salvation. But what we must understand, this was a devil saying this, she was possessed with the devil. It was the devil proclaiming this, not someone who knew God. And that's why Paul was so annoyed that a devil should start saying these things about them. Had it been someone who was full of the Holy Spirit, it would have been a different situation. That would be absolutely right. But when the it's a spirit of the devil starts saying these things, it is never right. Never right. And it's a, just a warning. There are many people who profess the Lord Jesus Christ and say things about him, even prophesy and even preach. But they don't have the Holy Spirit and some of them have a different spirit. That is a fact, an undeniable fact. So let's look at what happened. They were brought before the magistrates. Their clothes were ripped off. They were beaten with rods very badly. And then they were put in the prison, not only in the prison, but in the innermost prison. So there was a prison in a prison. So you could go, there's a big prison, I think it's near Pottier, isn't it? We pass it on the dual carriageway. So you can see the prison wall, you can see the prison buildings, but inside that there's probably an isolation cell where they put very, very naughty prisoners. Um, there's a word for it in um, solitary confinement. So they were put in the innermost cell, not just in the prison itself, but a prison in the prison, deep within the heart of the prison. But even though they'd been beaten, and even though they had these irons, on their feet, in the stocks, stopping them moving around, they were rejoicing. They were praying and singing. That tells us an awful lot about these men. What was in their heart and what had happened to them to make them pray and sing like this to God. 
they could have gone in that prison and they could have said, oh dear, what a terrible thing's happened to us. Let's just sit here and wait and see what happens. I want to suggest to you that what followed their praying and singing would not have happened if they'd have had that attitude of heart. If they'd have gone in there and said, oh dear, oh, not again. No, but they were praying and singing to God. They counted it great joy to suffer persecution for Christ. Because it wasn't them, it was Christ that was being persecuted because they had lost their lives, forsaken their own lives, and were now followers of Jesus. And it was because of that they were really in prison. So when they were singing, when they were praying, suddenly, I like that word, suddenly. Eh? Shocking, isn't it? Suddenly, suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Not a little earthquake, not a tremor. I've been in earthquakes and I felt the tremor. My chairs moved across the floor. Even when we were in Wales a few years ago, I was sitting at my desk. And suddenly my chair went, oomph, went back a few inches. And a, a tremor had gone right through our village and other villages. And uh, several miles, 50, 60, 70 miles, it spread throughout the valleys. But this was a great earthquake. It wasn't a minor tremor. No, minor tremors sometimes, we can get over minor tremors, can't we, in our life. A little difficulty comes along. Oh, we can live through this. We have our own resources and we have our own resolve. But this wasn't a little tremor. This was a great earthquake. So much so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, so straight away again, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. So they no longer had chains on their legs or arms or around their neck, whatever they were. Because in those days it wasn't just a little chain you used to latch your door with in case anyone unwanted comes in. These were big, huge, heavy things. Huge chains, and big bands of cast iron around your neck, around your legs and around your wrists. And they would be very painful and make you bleed if you try to wriggle. They all were loosed. They all fell off. Suddenly, no one is bound. And all the doors are opened. Every prison door is opened. Suddenly. Because God intervened. And God wants to intervene in our lives. Suddenly. With a great earthquake. So that the very foundations of our life are shaken. And we 
loose, all our, our, sorry, and all our chains fall off, are loosed. Because God has got to get to the foundation of our lives. God has got to get to the root of the matter, the root of the problem, the thing that is basic and fundamental, which people try to hide. People don't want you to know what they're really like. And they try and hide it by trying to be someone else that they're not. And sadly, the world is full of them. But God wants to get to the very foundation of our being. The very foundation. You can't get below a foundation. Because you're no longer in the building, then you've gone into the earth. But God wants to get to the very foundation of our lives. Of who we are. Our personality. The way we think. Our consciousness. What's in our heart. God wants to get there. And shake it. And our chains cannot be loosed and the door to our cell where we're imprisoned by sin and the devil cannot be opened. God has got to get to the very foundation of our lives to deal with us. To deal with our sin, to set us free from sin, to set us free from ourselves, to set us free from those chains that bind us. And the only way he can do that is by shaking us to our very foundation. Hallelujah. And until he does that in our life, we're dreaming. To think we're okay. A little testimony. I want to talk about myself, but I have a little testimony. When I started seeking God in the early days, the very early days, I had some friends around in my house and we were quite late into the night and I started to shake from within and um, what, I, what happened was that I couldn't stop shaking I couldn't shop, stop shaking and so much so that these friends of mine realised there was something happening to me and they decided they wanted to go. Now I'd been praying to God. People had come to my house and told me about Jesus. Give their testimonies and different things like that. And God was starting to move on my life. And I was shaking so much that I could hardly walk back to my room. I was a person who was terrified. Like this jailer here. 
He was terrified, what we call petrified. But petrified means that you can't move at all. He was terrified with fear that all the prisoners had gone. And what happened to me when I got back to my room, I fell on my knees and started calling on God. Oh God, help me, I'm lost. And I just knew there was this eternity of darkness before me. Total darkness. And I don't know how long I was there, trembling, calling on God. And suddenly a peace came upon me. And it was one of the steps God used to bring me to himself. Lots of other stories I could tell you. It doesn't mean I was saved. It doesn't mean I was delivered. But it meant that God had heard me in that I feared. I feared death. I feared hell. God had got to the foundations of my life and he was shaking me. And as we read in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12, God's come to shake not only the earth, but the heavens, so that those things which are unshakable may remain. Only those things that are unshakable will remain. Nothing else, when in God's dealings, in God's dealings, Nothing else will remain apart from those things which are unshakable. That is what God has done in our lives. What God has accomplished in our lives will be unshakable. But what we've done and achieved is shakable and must be removed out of the way. And these Men, physically, were set free. But they didn't run out the prison. See, because we don't have to run when we know God. We can stand our ground. This is the work of God. I'm staying here. I'm not frightened of what's happened. Because God's answered our prayers. God's heard our prayer. God's heard our praise. God's heard our worship of him. He is our God. Not these magistrates. Not the government. They're not in charge of my life. God is. God was at work. And he shook the foundations. And he set them free. And it's a picture. Although it happened in reality. It's a picture of what God must do in your life and in my life. And I make no apology for saying it, because it's absolutely true. Hallelujah. Everyone's chains were loosed. You see, it doesn't matter how far into the prison, of Satan's prison, he's got you. Even the innermost prison, he can set you free from it. 
no matter how strongly you're bound, how heavy the chains are, how many chains you have, whether you put in wooden stocks as well around your feet so you can't move. When God moves in our, on our lives, he sets us free from all of it. The whole lot. Because the chains of sin hold us down. The chains of our natural birth imprison us. That's why we must be born again of the Spirit of God. And we can never know this liberty. And you see how God turned this on its head. The, the, sail, the sailor? <laughs> they weren't on a boat, were they? The jailer was going to kill himself. He said, don't, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And he called for a light, because obviously it's dark, there's no light. So he called for a torch, or an oil lamp or something, and he, he rushed in to see what, if they were still there. And he fell down, trembling, just like I did. Fell down trembling. And he said, what must I do to be saved? You see, what happens when God moves on our lives and starts to break up the foundations, we will immediately say to God, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. So there's a promise not just to the individual but to the whole family. I believe that. Because it's not the only time it's mentioned in the Bible. And as a consequence... They got invited to the jailer's home. He bathed their wounds. Obviously gave them something to eat. Set food before them. And he rejoiced. See, this jailer who was going to kill himself, who was one moment trembling on the floor on his knees, saying, what must I do to be saved? He knew that God had moved. He knew that God had intervened. He knew that there was a greater than the magistrates. There was a greater than the prison that he looked after. There was a greater than everything that bound and everything that held captive. And that is called Jesus. He is Jesus who looses, who sets the captive free. And only he can do it, no one else. And this man recognized, what must I do? He realized he needed to be saved. Saved, you say, what saved from? Well, saved from himself. Saved from his sin. Saved from eternity without God. But now he's rejoicing at the end of that little passage there, verse 34. 
rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. But he had to go through that first. He had to go through his prison. Can you see? He was in charge of the prison. His prison was broken up through the earthquake. And everyone was liberated. We don't know what happened to the other prisoners. They probably ended up going back in their cells, probably, and if they needed to be served their just rewards, they probably would have been. But, hallelujah, God's men were released, and this jailer and his family were saved as a consequence. And if God deals does something in our lives, there will be consequences for other people in our lives, for our families. It's not just about me. It's much bigger than that. And God will use us and take us and use us in a way that others too will see this person is free. Free from bondage. They've been loosed. Look at them. They're not the person I used to know. Amen. So there we are. That's the little message I wanted to share with you today. Father, we thank you for simplicity. It's a wonderful thing to have simple hearts and to hear your simple words. Because all your words are true, Lord. All the words of God are truth. And we receive them, Lord, and we pray that what you heard today, Lord, you would so impress it on our hearts and give us responding hearts to believe you and to trust you, Lord, to make it real for us in every way. And commit the word to you, and we commit ourselves to you now, Lord, in your precious and faithful name. Amen. Thank you.